Andrew, I gotta ask, what is the story behind this? Well, I'm glad you asked, Craig, because I have a public announcement for everyone just to know. Uh, this is pickleball, and uh, I wish it was something cooler, but it's be careful if you're over the age of 40. When someone says, oh, old people play this sport, like this is for senior citizens, <laughs> and they say, let's play some pickleball, just be careful. And uh, I ruptured my Achilles heel, and uh, I never had a sports industry in this it, injury. Is the first one, but uh, if you take anything from this speech, this is it. Be careful with pickleball because it did this to me. You know, we've had a lot of conversation this morning about net zero, uh, China, and now pickleball. These are obviously very important topics for everyone. It is a so. dangerous situation. It's pickleball. So, Andrew, um, you have had a track record of starting businesses growing them to sufficient scale, exiting. You've had two exits, at least two exits. Uh, and now you're involved in a number of companies. Um, the way you spend most of your time is at Emerge. Tell us a little bit about Emerge. Yeah, so I started Emerge. I was, uh, I was at my first company, Global Trans. And uh, we, uh, we started, I noticed that, how did we get freight as a broker? We're, uh, Global Trans is now the fourth largest broker uh, in the United States with Worldwide Express combined. Um, and I was like, how do we win our freight? And, and I said, it's, I asked my guys, how do we win this freight from all these big shippers? And they showed me these spreadsheets that the shippers would send us and they would send us a spreadsheet, uh, in an Excel spreadsheet. We'd put our rates in there. And I was like, this is, this is how we win freight. And I was like, this is, I, I said, what is the technology people, these shippers are using to do their bids? Which is, if you think about it, every truck you see on the road starts with an RFP. Every, every freight event starts with everything you see on the road starts with some kind of shipper doing an RFP event, request for pricing, with their carriers and brokers. And I realized that there's nothing, there's no technology. Every TMS in the United States does, it's an execution layer. That's how they execute their load. And the TMS needs to know, you know, which carrier to use at what price. You have to load that in from the RFP event, but there is no technology. The TMSs don't do that well. So I said to myself, that's what I want to do next uh, as a technologist in this industry is build that. But most, most importantly, I, was wanted, I, I realized that most shippers lock out carriers from the events. And I realized that the average shipper only brings in 20 asset-based carriers to their event. And that was a, that's a major problem. I think it's better if you bring, there's 3,000 carriers, 3,400 carriers in our system that have 20 trucks or more. We have 400 shippers using us now, so we have a, all the big care, you know, any trucking company with 20 assets that are in our system. There's 3,400 different van reefers and flatbed carriers in our system. The average shipper only brings in 20 asset-based carriers, and they bring in our 20 brokers, usually about 40 carriers to their event. So in other words, if you have 100 trucks, there's a 99% chance that you're not connected to any particular shipper. And I think that's a big problem. And I, I think it reared its reared that in the last three years when capacity got tight and shippers didn't have capacity, didn't have trucks to go to. And uh, so I felt like giving, a, giving away this free platform and then how we make, how we monetize it emerge is we open a door for carriers outside the shippers network to go connect with them and the shipper can connect with new carriers. In terms of like what emerge specifically does to enhance that bidding process, what is it that is it is it increasing the number of, of bidding of participants in there? Is it operating different bid cycles than what is normally expected? Like, where, where's the sort of magic in the platform? Well, during COVID, shippers had to run more events than ever. It was like a almost a, a weekly event for the biggest shippers and a quarterly event for the small shippers, even uh, because 
that didn't have capacity. I, I, their, their route guides broke down. They needed to go get more capacity. Uh, so they were doing bids constantly because you want to have contract rates, especially then because spot rates were 30, 40% higher than contract rates. Um, so you had to run events every couple weeks for, for the biggest shippers. And the systems that are out there, there's, about, there's two systems that a shipper would use, but only the biggest shippers would have a RFP event. Uh, those systems didn't do uh, mini bids well. That's what we call them, mini bids. You know, you have to run a, a very quick bid cycle, and that's what we gave them. We gave them a system that's very easy to use, that they can run a continuous bid cycle. And I always, I think that it, that's the best way to run your network is to always be running bids and always, you know, instead of locking a rate in for a year, you're better off doing quarterly events because even your brokers could sharpen their pencils. Everybody's going to add a, a cushion on a yearly event because you know you, no one knows what's going to happen six seven months from now so everybody puts cushion on that rate every carrier and broker but if you run a quarterly event or a smaller event couple you know the fast the, the, the shorter time cycles the better you're going to pay in, in trucking because no one has to, everybody could especially brokers brokers could actually take more risk a broker can't take a risk on a yearly event or as, as much as they can on a quarterly event and so it's I think it's best to run a, if you can run, the more bids, the better. If you could run a, instead of doing a yearly event, which is what it was before COVID and what it's actually turning back into now. So it's, I, I like to educate shippers that you got, it's the best shippers that pay the least amount that run the most efficient trucking networks for drayage, van, reefer, flatbed. That's what our system does run a, a, a lots of it. They have bids every month or every quarter at least. Andrew, you and I met. 2018, I think it was. We were at a BB&T conference down in Florida. And he said something that I, has stuck with me ever since, in five years, is that there are 300,000 people in the United States at the time. This was five years ago. We've seen a lot of more growth than that. That work in freight brokerage that do nothing but price and capacity discovery and how inefficient that process is. Now, you built Emerge understanding that that was the case and that you wanted to solve for that, I, I believe, was sort of the foundational thesis behind it. Um, how far in that journey have you gotten with Emerge? Well, yeah, yeah, like what I told you then was I remember being a broker and I heard a carrier. I was at a carrier once I visited a carrier when I was at Global Trans and I saw what happens in the morning at your typical carrier. And there's a hundred thousand of these guys. Most of the carriers rely on brokers, the tail end of carriers. The, if you don't have 20 trucks, if you have 20 trucks or less, which most of the carriers have, they rely very, it's like mostly broker they're getting. And if you sit with any of those guys in the morning, the first call typically is, you know, one of the top five brokers. And the second call is, this, and, and it's just constantly, they're just taking call after call from brokers. And I, I feel like that, you know, we have a spot market at Emerge. I always felt that's, that is the, the, the biggest, one of the biggest problems in our industry is that there's thousands of, th there's probably more people calling trucks, trying to book, this, book trucks than there are actually, actually trucks. If you think about all the carrier sales reps in, just in Chicago alone. And, you know, we haven't, I mean, I think that's something we want to solve over time, but no one's solved that problem yet. It's still a thing, you know, where, where a carrier has to, you know, it's, it's a very, most trucks are still booked with a carrier sales rep calling the carrier in the morning. And then just think how inefficient that is because the, you're a carrier and you have a truck that you need to move. You're going to take the first load that pays you, you know, if it's, I want to make $2 a mile or two, you know, now it's $2 a mile. I want to make $2 a mile on this load. You're going to take the first guy that pays you $2 a mile, even if you have to, deadhead 20, 30, you know, further to get it. If you just waited three hours, you would have, you could have, uh, you know, maybe there's a load that was more efficient and paid a little more, but they, you know, you don't have time for that. 
So that's what gives these the biggest brokers the advantage, right? Because they have all these people. They can call trucks in the morning, and they the first one, you know, they have the, the guy with the most carrier sales reps, you know, gets the capacity first. And but it's not that's the it's a very inefficient model. It hasn't been solved yet. The digital brokers try to do that. They didn't. They weren't able to do that. It's still and it's still a thing that's happening. Um, you know, it's so it's still a big problem. So Andrew, you um, arguably are one of the most successful founders in in the brokerage space. It's sort of a we're maybe on our third or fourth generation of freight brokerage. Sort of go back to sort of the early days of like Siege Robinson and then American Backhaulers or that Gen One, Gen Two is the global trends or that Gen Two business that sort of uh, has risen to to be one of the, the largest players in the market. Um, what do you observe today that is different than when you started your journey in terms of the state of the freight brokerage world? Uh, well, there's, I think there's way more, there's way more freight brokers. I mean, everybody that worked at CH Robinson Coyote in the early 2000s started their own freight brokerage, uh, pretty much. Um, there's still probably a hundred freight brokers that have $20 million or more in revenue, uh, per year. Uh, we're starting to finally, I mean, I've never seen this before where it's a bloodbath. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of them fail. Um, it's such a tight margin business now. The rates, the margins aren't 15, 20% like they used to be. They're about, I mean, if you're, you're happy to make 13%, 12% now as a big broker, and it's getting worse and worse every year, but we always knew that was going to happen. I think it ends up at, you know, around, it's never going to go down to zero, but it's going to be around, you know, under 10% eventually. And you have to survive like that. And that's why, you know, they always say like, you have to be as efficient as possible. And your biggest cost is that person that's calling and booking the truck. You know, that person is about 5% of that 12% you're making. Just the person that's booking the load, calling the load, just finding the capacity. So, you know, if you still have that in five, six years where you, you relying on a care sales model and your margins are only 9%, you know, and your, your admin costs are about the other three, you know, a couple points at least, um, you're, you're, just very, you're not going to, I mean, you have to, how do you survive as a company, right? Because you're, you're not going to be able to even get, you know, attract investors or pull a profit. So, you know, you have, I think that it's going to go away eventually, but it hasn't. It's kind of crazy. I thought the, everybody thought it'd be gone by now, but it's still a, it's 98% of the loads are still booked by a carrier sales rep, uh, at a broker, you know, for the, bro- the hundred billion dollar brokerage industry. It's, it's a person. It's not, it's not digital. It hasn't been digitized, di- digitized at all. It's funny. Um, the, the event you and I met, uh, I also met Dan Lewis at that, that event. And I think about, because it's easy to sort of look at specific events in your life and sort of say, I remember where I was when I, this event happened. And I remember, you know, Dan's journey is at least sort of his first journey is, is, is you know, the convoy story is now part of Flexport. So, it, you know, we'll see where that ends up. But in terms of his desire to sort of digitize the market, obviously we've not accomplished that or did not accomplish that. No. Where did he get it wrong? Yeah, so he, Convoy, Convoy was trying to, what the digital brokers did that's different and is that they had, their, their whole idea was let's buy the loads just like everybody else does. We go on an RFP event, we'll bid on the freight, we'll use investor money to buy the lane. So we'll, we'll, we'll buy, if the, if the lane's at $2 a mile, we're going to bid $1.80 a mile. We'll lose money on it, which was okay back when you can raise a lot of money. We buy that lane, we show revenue growth, and we attract more investors because they think, oh, look at this high, the top line revenue growth. They're, they weren't looking at margin back then. They, you know, with the, there wasn't any margin on the digital brokers. But they realized that you need so much scale. 
you need, and, and I would say you probably need about 5,000 loads a day, 4,000 loads a day to have a carry audience. The only companies that have carry audience are CH Robinson, maybe the top four, maybe top three brokers, TQL, you know, where you, you're a carrier, you have a log in the morning. If you look at your average carrier in the United States, they have DAT open for sure, truck stop, and maybe their top three brokers, CH Robinson. That's scale. You need a lot of scale. The digital brokers never got there. And that's why even Convoy tried to open their market up three years ago, which got them in big trouble with DAT. Because uh, uh, their, you know, DAT is very, uh, you know, you can't, you know, they thought they're, you, you can't build a load board and use this at the same time. So DAT kicked them off the platform. Now they're stuck and they're like, okay, let's bring brokers on our platform. And that didn't work either because brokers don't trust each other. You know, they got a few carriers, but they, they knew that they didn't have the scale. They, you need five, four to 5,000 loads a day for a carrier to come to your system every day. Uh, otherwise, you're relying on a carrier sales rep. And that's what still is happening at these digital brokers. They say, hey, we're digitizing freight. But the only way to digitize freight is to have enough scale in your marketplace, meaning enough loads that you don't need a carrier sales rep to be calling all these trucks in the morning. Otherwise, you need to still keep that. And they, they never got to scale. Uh, they never got to, you know, four or 5,000, they were like one third of that. You, you're, you're suggesting the reason that the freight market has not digitized, the freight brokerage market specifically has not digitized is because the platforms that are out there did not, have not achieved sufficient scale to be able to affect that. Right. Uh, the, it, with the exception of the big brokers. But I would say this, the, the problem is they still have to go with a person onto, remember, 93% of the trucks you see on the road now are contract. We're, it was 30%. 70-30 about in, during COVID, you know, spot versus contract. It's back to 90, 93% of a shipper's freight is contract. So the spot market's pretty much dead. So they still have to go on an RFP to win that freight with a person. They buy that freight, and then they can digitize. The biggest brokers are, and that's why I say, I, 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 when the whole digital broker thing happened, I was like, wait, CH Robinson's digitized. Like, mm -hmm. They buy the freight just like Convoy does. They throw it on chrobinson.com, and the carriers buy it. So the biggest brokers can do it. And that's why they could still pull, you know, CH Robinson still makes pretty good money on their 13% margin because they, they are pretty much digitized. But they still have to go on RFP event every single time and buy that lane. So it's not like you've, you're, you're not going to disrupt anyone in le, you know, with, with the current model. So it's, it's not like, and the dig, digital brokers never got to that point. Um, and then you know, I would even say like CH, the, the biggest guys aren't, trying hard to make it they still you would if you tell ask them they still have most of their trucks being booked by the person um because it's the easy button and that's their model their model is we have a big carrier sales rep force they have a relationship with the carrier and they sell to the carrier so most even though they have the scale to do it they it still isn't digitized even for the biggest guys but we're i don't think we're it's not i don't think anybody has to worry about digitize digitization and some big broker just taking over everything like every like everybody was kind of worried about five years ago so Andrew, unfortunately, we always we always have great conversations. I always want more time with with, with you. Um, we don't have that time, but we do have time for one more. So your founders in the room that are aspiring to to build a business, uh, have a successful exit, or just build a large enterprise. Period. What advice would you give them? Well, it was much easier three years ago, but uh, the digital brokers pretty much took all the money uh, for the investors. <laughs> now investors are kind of shy from this industry. Um, I say, you know, there's still a lot of money. There's still a lot of ideas that haven't been done yet. This, this industry hasn't been digitized at all. Everything it's getting there, but I think there's still so many ways that you could start a business in this industry and, and, uh, and do something big. Um, 
So I think that's, it's just harder than it's ever been because again, there's no money. You have to bootstrap. You have to start, you have to figure out how to make money without burning money and spending investor money at this point. It's back to what it was 10 years ago. So make a profit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks, Appreciate everybody. it. Everybody. Good. Awesome. Thanks. Great.